Welcome back to that Football Stats podcast. In this one, we're going to take a look at KDB, have a little bit of a review on Newcastle Man City. Where are Man City at right now? How long is Haaland going to be out for? How will it affect them? The magic of Bernardo Silva, the magician, the genius. And how will KDB coming back affect him, affect Foden, affect Alvarez and affect Man City's shape in general? We'll talk about that. And we'll also look at the Bundesliga. We'll look at Sancho and how he did for Dortmund on his return. He played straight away. We'll jump to France. We'll go to the EFL and much more. So as always, I hope you enjoy this. Now let's get on with the show. KDB is back in business, De Bruyne back for Man City against Newcastle with a goal and then a wonderful, wonderful pass to Oscar Bob. What a moment for him getting the winner away at Newcastle. This was a tricky game for City. Edison went off in the first half and we've got to talk about the goal. What a moment from Bernardo Silva. I don't even think in the moment and afterwards the reaction because of the game and how intense it was, that was a moment of absolute magic from Bernardo Silva. It reminded me of a Zola from the corner, you know, similar technique. Just incredible. And uh, Bernardo Silva, I think he's one of the best players in the world at the moment. And uh, I said it on a previous podcast episode, but he just tries these little one-time flicks in-game in the tightest of environments. And they just come off as if they're just like simple passes. And And it was the same with that goal. He makes it look like it is very simple to do that. Like, yeah, of course you would do that because that's the angle of the ball. Why, why wouldn't you do that? Because <laughs> because it's it's not easy. Um, but he just makes everything look easy. He is one of my favourite players in the world, seriously. Uh, the way he just pops up everywhere, ready to help the team. And in the absence of KDB, who, as I mentioned, is 100% back now after five months. I still think he'll be eased into it, but I'm actually kind of keen to see where Kevin De Bruyne pops up for Man City now because Foden's been playing so well. Alvarez has had very good spells uh, this season. He's not been amazing all the time, but he's a young kid, um, so you can't expect him to be. So KDB coming in, will he be a little bit deeper now with Rodri beside him? We saw with that, uh, that assist for Bob, the pass was superb, reminding me of the kind of pass Fabregas used to make uh, to Diego Costa when Chelsea won the league. Just perfect. And is this the moment now for City when they go on that run? Um, again, mentioned it previously, as has everybody. We all knew that the run was coming. Haaland is an interesting one. How long is Haaland going to be out for? And will they come up against teams where they, they don't break them down? Yesterday, that game... It was like a basketball game at times, very end-to-end. Newcastle did leave spaces for City. Still defended quite well for the majority of games. And of course, Newcastle, they were clinical as ever. Two fantastic goals. I mean, every goal in this game was really, really special. It was an advert, a great advert for the Premier League, if we even need one. Um, the quality on show, superb. The tactical battles between the managers, you know, the, the drama at the start of the game, the intensity of, of the battle in the midfield between Bruno and Rodri, they were going at it. But, you know, they probably shook hands at the end of the game and that's what it's all about. I, I love Bruno for that. And uh, the ball, the first time ball that he played for, for Newcastle's goal, just real quality on the show last night. And um, yeah, a, a great spectacle, great advert for the Premier League, as I say. And after 20 games, it means there's just two points between... Man City in second and Liverpool in first place. 20 games played. Who are you backing for the title this year? What about Aston Villa? Are they out of it now? Uh, what about Arsenal? They had a very, 
very poor festive period, didn't they, Arsenal and Mikel Arteta? January window is still here. Will there be transfers in and out of those clubs? Mo Salah not playing for Liverpool. They've got a big game against Chelsea in the Premier League as well. So Chelsea got a win yesterday against Fulham, who I think themselves could probably do with one or two signings, especially a, a person, a man that can put the ball in the back of the net because they really are missing that. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your opinion. Who do you think will win the Premier League this season? What about Spurs as well? I've not mentioned them, but if they can get Van der Ven back, if they can get Madison back, they've made a couple of very, very good signings, by the way. I wanted to touch on Spurs and the signings that they've made because that they're, they're proactively just going out and getting what they need. Um, they did it in the summer as well. And I think Timo Werner is a very, very smart signing from Ange Postacoglu. He's a very good system player. And I think in, in Ange's system, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. We've seen in the last few weeks for Spurs, they are creating very, very similar chances. They like to play the overlap. They like to whip that cross in first time. There's not many passes between defence and attack at times. It's quite direct. It's, it's quite fast. Timo Werner, I think, is a much better player when he knows exactly what he's doing. There's a lot of players that are like that. If you give him too much creative freedom, so to speak, it's not always in their best interest. And um, I think we will see a decent output in the second half of the season from Werner if he can stay fit coming in off that left-hand side. Now for a look elsewhere, and we will start with France where Will Stills Reims went away to Monaco and won 3-1. The manager actually got booked in that game. That is a, a decent win for them. Takes them up to fifth in Liga 1 and uh, leaves Monaco in third. Only PSG have scored more goals than Monaco, so that was a tough game, that. And uh, yeah, they did well to get a victory there. In the Bundesliga, it was a goal in the fourth minute of stoppage time for Bayer Leverkusen to continue their incredible run this season. It was a 1-0 victory away at Augsburg. Brilliant win. And they are now unbeaten in 17 games. Four points clear from Bayern. So even though they've not lost in 17, they're still only four points clear. It shows how strong Bayern Munich are as well this season. Stuttgart, Leipzig and Dortmund were unbeaten with those two teams for about seven, eight games. But they have dropped off, or at least they did before the winter break. Dortmund now 15 points behind the leaders, but they do have Sancho. How will he improve their team? He's a good player, no doubt. He'll have a good time at, at Dortmund. He got an assist on his debut. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, I'll play some clips now of uh, his performance. And it's a performance that will annoy Manchester United fans. It's a performance that will annoy Eric Ten Hag. Where was this? Why couldn't you do this for us? Um, could he have apologised and got on with his job? My opinion is yes, but I don't know the ins and outs of the situation, of the relationship between him and Eric Ten Hag. You never know. These things can be complicated because you've got potentially people that are on Team Sancho and people that are on Team Ten Hag within the same dressing room. It's very, very likely. And neither person wanted to back down, but it actually says a lot about the club Manchester United and the structure there at the moment, pre-Ineos, that nobody from a higher level could come in and sort that out. Nobody could get Sancho on the pitch. That is very, very telling um, for the structure at the club that, 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 of, of how poor it is, really, in my opinion, that they could not get this person on the pitch that clearly has qualities, that I think at some level wants to be a success at Man United, and that ultimately is getting paid 350 grand a week. He wasn't even training with the first team. I think it's, uh, I think it's shocking, to be honest, 
that 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 amount of money wasted and um, that's before you you know talk about the, the potentially wasted talent of Sancho as well. But he's back in the Bundesliga and will he make a push for the England team if he can rack up the assists and goals in the Bundesliga? I wonder how Southgate will weight that because if you see players like Sancho, they come from the they come from the Bundesliga to the Premier League and it's not always easy, especially for wingers. I think the defending is much better in the Premier League. I think that goes without saying. Um, one metric that you could look at is the amount of goals Harry Kane scores in the Premier League versus what he's doing and what he's projected to do in Germany this season. Now, part of that is also down to his new teammates and uh, the fact that he's playing for Bayern Munich. How many goals would Harry Kane score for Man City? Back to England then, and we'll take a look at the championship and some key stories here. Leicester did lose at Coventry. Coventry are in pretty good form now. Um, There was quite a few bookings in this game, including a red card, nine yellow cards, and a straight red card as well. Leicester took the lead and then were reduced to 10 men. They held out until the 80th minute, and then in the 88th minute, Coventry got the winner. Now, they are still seven points clear at the top of the table, and that pushes Coventry into six. They are in the playoffs as things stand, 40 points from 27 games. They were, of course, playoff finalists last season, and they started the season really, really poorly. Um, But they are turning things around. Mark Robbins doing a fantastic job, as ever. You could say they overachieved last year. But they are aiming to do it again. West Brom as well in good form now. They find themselves in the playoffs. Um, and the top four is sort of how you might have imagined it going into this season. Leeds, Southampton, Ipswich and Leicester. Now, I throw Ipswich into the mix there because when I check the odds for playoff finish, so who's going to finish in the playoffs, Ipswich was 6-1. to one And I thought, what? They've just been promoted. Do the bookies know something that I don't? Or have they watched them more than I have? And yes, was the answer, because they are, well, they were flying. It was a pretty poor festive period for Ipswich. That is what created the gap at the top of the table for Leicester. No wins in five championship games before yesterday. They beat Sunderland, so not the best of weeks for Sunderland. A defeat in the FA Cup to Newcastle. Um, 3-0 defeat as well. Couldn't have gone much worse. From the championship to League One, and a surprising result, Portsmouth nil, Leighton Orient 3 A missed penalty for Portsmouth in that game as well. And it means there is just one point now between Portsmouth in first and uh, Peterborough United in second. 52 points for Peterborough, 53 for Portsmouth. And Bolton, who have two games in hand and an FA Cup replay against Luton to come on 51 in third. Derby on 49. Their away record is is really good in League One. Uh, Blackpool into eighth as well after a pretty convincing win against Exeter. The Reading game was also called off incidentally in League One. The uh, fans were protesting against the owner and uh, yeah they entered the pitch and did not leave. Finally a trip to League Two and Troy Deeney who, if you missed it, is the manager of Forest Green Rovers. I'm not sure how long he will be the manager of Forest Green Rovers. Seven games, uh, no victory, and um, he's not really saying the right things after the games. Here's what he said after another defeat. They are bottom of League Two with just four wins from 26 games. He said, the amount of nonsense you have to deal with at this place from the players is embarrassing. Too many babies from top to bottom. First half was boring. I'd rather watch frigging Antiques Roadshow. I don't know if he said frigging or that has been added in by the person that posted this. So when you say stuff like that after a game, how are your players going to respond? 
your bottom of League Two. It's looking grim. Is he checking out of this job? Is is he giving them an excuse, a reason uh, to sack him? Is that what he wants? Stay tuned, because I'm sure this is not the last we will be hearing of Troy Deeney and Forest Green Rovers. Duncan Ferguson was there as well, wasn't he? A few players have sort of began their managerial journey there or, you know, trying to kickstart it, and it just hasn't worked. Maybe it's the club. Maybe it's the players. Maybe he's right. Um, maybe they are babies, and uh, if that's the case, I guess they're going to get relegated into the National League. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of That Football Stats Podcast. What did you like? What do you want me to add in next time? Anything you want me to cover or change or remove or whatever, just uh, leave a comment, leave some feedback, be that as a, a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast or Google Podcast or as a comment on the YouTube video, the TikTok video, whatever it is. Uh, I look forward to reading it and uh, getting back to you.